0: Let's do that hockey. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the DPR show, episode 121 coming up. And this is going to be another draft focus podcast. And I'm going to be talking about all the players playing for the USA uh, national team development program that are eligible in this year's draft. And when thinking about who are some of the people who I could invite on as a guest to uh, shed some light and some insight on this terrific crop uh, of players, I couldn't think of anybody better than Pete Krupski, who is the voice of the national team development program. Uh, So he's been watching these players for a few years now, and uh, no one's watched more than these guys except for maybe their coach. Uh so I'm I'm really uh thrilled to welcome Pete to the podcast. Pete, thanks for coming.
1: Pete, thanks for this. I, I really uh dropped out of uh doing interviews about NHL draft for a couple of years because there's so many podcasts and so many people have so many opinions. And to be honest with you, our guys get picked apart. It's like they're under a, an electron microscope, uh with you know, people are picking on their flaws and and I just decided it wasn't much fun anymore. And so I I took about a two-year break, but you caught me at the right place and the right time. So here we are.
0: (laughs) Well, lucky for me. Um, Okay. So my last episode, Pete, we talked uh, with um, the Kingston Frontenac's uh, host, Alan Admansky, and he's watched a lot of Shane Wright and I live in Kingston. So, you know, we had a good long chat about Shane Wright, who's uh, number one on a lot of people's draft charts. Uh, but not all of them. Uh, Logan Cooley has had a nice little campaign this season and worked his way right comfortably into that conversation. Uh, so I'd like to start right there with, uh, with Mr. Cooley. He's a center and he's committed to the university of Minnesota. Um, you know, you've seen a lot more of him than I have. So my, my short notes on him is that he seems to be a very cerebral player. He thinks the game Quickly at a high end rate. He's got really good offensive vision and skill. And, you know, a lot of people think that he could be the player with the most offensive upside in this year's draft, which is particularly appealing to a lot of my listeners because this podcast puts uh, an emphasis on fantasy hockey. Um, So I'd love to hear your thoughts on Logan Cooley, where you think he could be, how high he could be drafted. Uh, what his offensive upside is.
1: Well, you used a word uh, about a minute ago that really typifies Logan Cooley, and that is work. Um, There was a great uh, feature written by Scott Wheeler of The Athletic talked about Logan Cooley's upbringing, and he grew up in Pittsburgh. Uh, He was a member of Sidney Crosby's uh, uh, Little Penguins, I guess they were called or whatever, but he has a, a very strong family unit, that made him work. And uh, it's a combination of skill, work ethic, and as you say, cerebral play, that make Cooley an attractive uh, player, whether he goes first, second, or third. The only knock on Cooley that I would think, and again, the bloggers and everybody is putting him under the electron microscope and saying, well, he's too small. Well, no, he's not as big as Shane Wright, but if you look skill for skill, they're pretty comparable. I know this about Logan Cooley. If you need a face-off one uh, in your defensive end in the final minute of play and you're holding on to a one full lead, he may well win that faceoff for you. If you're, and I have a clip of this. Uh, his team was shorthanded two years ago uh, trailing Green Bay. And, and with a minute left, they were trailing by a goal. Cooley won an, a defensive zone face-off in his own end got a stretch pass from, I think it was Seamus Casey, went one-on-one against one of the best uh, defensemen in the USHL at that time, Mason Lori who's a Boston draft and now at Ohio State, and scored to tie the game. Now, unfortunately, Lorai scored with one second left, and Green Bay won that game. But I have several clips, if you go to my YouTube page, of Logan Cooley. Uh, last summer at the World Junior Summer Showcase, he was playing as an underage. And he played for Team USA, and he looked—he did not look out of place. In fact, he scored the game-winning goal against Finland in overtime, playing uh, three-on-three with Jake Sanderson and another older player. And he went down and scored a goal as pretty as you could see. So, yes, he's a cerebral player. He's not as big as Shane Wright, but he brings everything you want to the he, – he, he brings everything you want to the rink. I mean, he can score. He tries to do things. Some of the uh, bloggers and some of the people are saying, well, he wasn't uh, dominant enough in USHL play. Well, he ended up, uh, let's see, I'm looking at his numbers here, with um, um, you know, 75 points in 51 games, 155 shots on goal. He's a dynamic player, and if he goes first, second, or third, somebody's going to be real happy at picking up Logan Cooley. What I like about Logan Cooley, most of all, as you say, a cerebral player, he really gets it, and he's going to work. He's going to do whatever it takes to become a success in the National Hockey League. He's going to become a good pro and maybe even a great pro.
0: Would you draft him first overall if you're the GM of the Montreal Canadiens?
1: I can only go what my friend Craig Button says. Uh, you know, you, you, you take your player and you live with him. I, I think Cooley is in the conversation. I know mm-hmm. Chris Peters, uh, who's a, a – draft evaluator in the United States picked them first overall for uh, Montreal. I don't know if that's going to happen. If he goes first, second, third, fourth, fifth, I know this, he's, if he's sticking around at eighth, the Red Wings would love to have him, but uh, whoever gets him is going to be very, very happy because I think Logan Cooley is one of the guys that could probably step in and play in the NHL right away. Maybe uh, after one year of college, he might get signed, but I'm going to leave that to uh, the University of Minnesota, Logan Cooley, and his handlers for that. But uh, he's the real deal. I like
0: his his upside a lot as well, Pete. Um, and I think every player's got strengths uh, that he brings to the table and, and skills that drive his game, and, and they all have developmental needs. You mentioned his size a couple of times. Uh, Elite Prospects has enlisted at 510, 181. Now, there's a difference between. Um, short and small. I, I say a lot. And, uh, <clears throat> Craig button, who's been on my podcast a couple of times told me, you don't, you don't scout players with a tape measure. So the fact that he's not, you know, he doesn't have the same sort of build as, um, as Slavkowski does or, or a bigger player that doesn't necessarily mean that it's a deficiency in his game just because he's short doesn't mean that he's weak in and in a pushover on the puck. Uh, how would you quantify Cooley's game in, in that context?
1: Well, I have a clip on my YouTube page where um, he four-checked and he just stripped a, a Muskegon lumberjack player right off the puck, went in and scored. score. Um, and that's typical Logan Cooley. Uh, I don't think size is going to matter with him. I think, you know, Clayton Keller is an MTUP alum. He's turned out to be pretty good. Johnny Goodrow, Johnny Hockey, which everybody talks about, as a smaller player. He's turned out to be a, a pretty fair player for the Calgary Flames, And there exactly. are, are a lot of smaller players that have turned out to, uh, be to be forces in the NHL. I mean, Matthew Barzell, who's a Frank Nazar clone, I guess you could say, is pretty dynamic when he gets rolling. So I think there's definitely a place for Logan Cooley. Forget about his size. He's going to figure it out.
0: Okay, they got a couple other players and their forward (laughs) ranks who um, who are all in the the first round on on my board and and most other people's. And it it seems like they play a little bit of a similar game to Cooley. So let's talk a little bit about uh, Frank Nazar, who you just mentioned as a comparable to Barzell. He'll be heading to uh, to Michigan because, you know, the rich get richer. Um, so I, my notes on him read kind of similar to Cooley's that he's a fast thinker. He's got fast hands, he's fast feet, but five foot nine. So is he, is he a skilled player? Does he have the same sort of offensive upside as Cooley? And, and is he, is he small or is he just short?
1: Just a short player. But again, I mean, the way he plays and again, go, you go, to my YouTube page or you take a look at there, there's plenty of YouTube clips of Frank Nase. He plays with pace, plays with speed. He plays with tenacity. I consider him a Matt Barzell type of player. There might be others that uh, are, are, are comparable, but, uh, I mean, if you, if, if you need a penalty kill and a guy that might score on the penalty kill, he's certainly going to do it. If, uh, you need, uh, Again, he's a lot like Cooley in the sense he plays with pace. If Colorado could get a a Logan Cooley or Frank Nazer, they'd be very happy because they play a very similar type of game.
0: What would be some of the differences between those two players, if you can think of any off the top of your head?
1: Well, Nazar's a right-handed shot. Cooley's a left-handed shot. Cooley might be a little bit taller, maybe an inch or so. Uh, Nazer might be a little bit stockier but they play similar types of games. Uh, they did not play on the same line that didn't matter because there was so much depth on the U 18s. Coach Adam Nightingale could mix and match and, uh, and, and whatever line naser would be on would be effective. He played a lot with Isaac Howard and, uh, and they were, they had great chemistry for two years. And if you, if you play with Isaac Howard, you better be quick because Isaac Howard is a sniper and a goal scorer and he's going to go right to the rack. And, uh, naser uh played very, very well with Isaac Howard.
0: Well, that's a nice segue because the other player I had is a similar comparison to the first two was Isaac Howard. <clears throat> he's a left winger though, not a center. Um, and he's headed to uh University of Minnesota Duluth, according to my records. Uh he's right in the same height range there, 5'10. He was the leading scorer, if uh if I'm not mistaken, for for the team this year. Um you know, he's uh what what are the what are the strengths and what are the opportunities that he needs to improve his game on?
1: Um, well, he's got speed, he's got he's got great puck persistence. he hunts pucks down, he's an excellent four checker, and he's got skill to score. He's also a, a, a gimme shelter a shooter, so to speak. He led the team with 250 shots in sixty games. So he's a shot first kind of guy. He's kinda of like uh, a left handed Tyler Sagan, you know, a volume shooter. Uh, but that doesn't mean he can't play another parts of the game. He was plus 31. So good things were happening on both ends of the ice uh, for Isaac Howard. And Frank Nazer, I might add, was plus 38. And they played together on a line for two years. So uh, again, a skilled player. No, he's not uh, six foot five, 220. But uh, in the end, he's going He whoever gets him. And I see anywhere between 15 to 30. Um, he's going to have a good college career. He's going to play a couple of years. And his calling card is offense. and uh, That is what is going to get him to the NHL. He, he's an excellent offensive player. Well, that
0: just made all the listeners to this podcast, they made all their ears perk up because that's exactly what they want is players that can produce offense because that's what wins you fantasy leagues. Um, between the three of them, would you agree with uh, the the timeline for for them to arrive in the NHL? Would be probably Logan Cooley, uh, one and done after a year in Minnesota. And then Frank Nazar, probably in a similar situation, one and done in Michigan or maybe two years. And then Isaac Howard, um, two or three years maybe.
1: I, I would say this, playing college hockey doesn't hurt. No. So the longer you can play in college hockey the better it's going to help you. I mean, you play against bigger, faster, stronger players. You usually play in a lot of structure. Um, and once you get there in college hockey, you know, I mean, a lot of these teams have a certain legacy where they want to win uh, the NCAA title. So it could be like um, a Quinn Hughes or a Luke Hughes. You might want to stay another year or Matt Veneer to stay another year. Really going to depend on uh, what happens down the road. But, I can see them all playing two years of college hockey and moving on. Perhaps uh perhaps Logan Cooley one year and moving on. It, it really is gonna depend on uh a lot of things that we cannot foresee right now.
0: Sure, like who drafts them and, and what their right. timeline are in and how they and how they adapt to to the college level because it's uh it's bigger and stronger and faster than the junior level, to your point there. Uh well, I, okay.
1: I, I I I would say this again. And, and I'm going to emphasize it doesn't hurt playing college hockey more than a year. It doesn't mm-hmm. hurt. And uh, you know, if, if you're a team, maybe I'm just going to throw an example out. If you're a Tampa Bay Lightning, a team that perennially goes deep into the playoffs playing for Stanley Cup, and maybe you can afford to keep say a Tyler Duke at Michigan for a couple of years and then let him play in the American league for a year or two. That doesn't hurt his development. For fans, it, you know, they want to see these guys up in the NHL right away. But for the development of a player, sometimes playing an extra year of college, maybe going to the uh, American Hockey League after that, does not hurt the player. It might hurt them financially, but it does not hurt the player in, in their development. Uh,
0: right?
1: Right? <laughs> right? Do You get what I'm saying?
0: Absolutely. And the money will come. They'll, yep. they'll make the money. Yeah. Yep. All right. So there's there's three. Um, I'm using air quotes for everyone listening, undersized, highly skilled uh, players who are available in the draft. And on my rankings, I have Logan Cooley ranked three, Frank Nazar ranked eighth and Isaac Howard 20th. A couple other forwards that I kind of want to uh, pick your brain on, Pete, three more guys who kind of fit a different mold. They are the bigger players. They're a little bit more rugged and and gritty and they have the size, but I don't think these guys compensate for their offensive upside really at all either. And the first one I want to talk to you about <clears throat> is Boston College commit Kargocie. Uh, I've seen him listed as a center and a winger. I've read that he'd make a great winger power forward at the NHL level. I've also seen where he'd prefer to play center and some teams that are looking at drafting him <clears throat> see him as a center as well. All I know is I see an impact player. He can impact the game offensively, He can impact the game physically. He can create momentum. Um, I mean, every time I've, I've watched him play, um, I I didn't see anything that I didn't like. Uh, He's, he's, he's a very impressive player. Quite frankly, I think he's a little underrated. I have him ranked sixth overall on, on my draft rankings. Um, I would love to hear your take on Cutter Goche, please.
1: Well, central scouting has got to rank third among North American prospects. And the thing is that, I find interesting when people talk about Cutter Goji. Well, is he a wing or center? In his NTDT career, he played both. And he played both, probably better, more effective as a wing than a center. But he did play center. And I know last year as a U-17, late in the year, he was taking all critical draws in the in the defensive zone. And they were really trying to uh, get him to develop as a center. Truth of the matter is, his calling card, Pete, is, as you say, a dynamic offensive player. And those players are hard to find. So whether he's playing center or wing, NHL team drafts him, they're going to find a place for him if he keeps producing the way he does. I know this. He's got an excellent shot, probably one of the best shots on this age group. Uh, he can score goals. He works his tail off. And I, I, I could say that really about all of them, but it was really uh, a pair with Cutter uh I, I think he wants to succeed as a center If he does not, he'll play wing, and he'll score 30 goals a year for you, and maybe more than that. Uh, uh, He's comparing himself right now a little bit to Austin Matthews. They both grew up uh, in Arizona. So I can see that comparison a little bit. But for all the people that were out there putting this guy under the electron microscope, hey, yeah, he he can play center. I don't know how effectively. We're going to find out at Boston College. He can definitely play wing. But his calling card is offense. He can shoot the puck and he can score goals. And as you say, and I agree with you 100%, he's an offensive player, a dynamic offensive player for sure.
0: Does, does he play? Like I've only seen him play a few times. And when I've watched him play and the clips that I've seen, he looks pretty aggressive physically. Like he's got great size at 6'3", 200 pounds. And he knows how to use it. Does he do that consistently? Is he a guy that if you draft him in your fantasy league, you'll get? high volume of shots, good offensive production, um, and then some. also some, some banger points too, like hits and, and penalty minutes.
1: Well, I didn't, it, it, let, let's go back about penalty minutes. This isn't like um, when I worked in the Ontario Hockey League in the mid-'90s and I, I worked for the Plymouth Whalers, and I mm-hmm. called – in one season I called 200 majors, fighting majors in 68 games. <laughs> Hockey isn't like that anymore. It's so not. people are looking for a lot of PIMs and a lot. The other thing is the NTDP usually plays as an underage, whether they play in the USHL or against the NCAA team. So it's not that they're not aggressive. They're not always going to initiate the hits. They're going to take the hits. Do uh, you understand what I'm saying? It's a different kind of game right now. I'm looking at Cutter Goche had 180 shots in 54 games, which is uh, – uh, roughly three per game, one per period. He had 49 Tims, but even more importantly to me, it was plus 33. So good things were happening when Cutter Goche is on the ice. He's an excellent, dynamic, offensive player. Whether he plays center or wing, to me, doesn't matter. Uh, you can always find guys to play in your bottom six in the NHL, right? You can always pick up a guy from yeah. the American Hockey League. What I think Cutter Goche is going to be, playing in your top six and maybe in your top three given time to develop but again it's not going to happen tomorrow or the next day or the next year it's going to take a little time and i just hope people are are patient i hope all the people that are evaluating these guys show a little bit of patience because they're they're going to need that
0: yeah yeah i like how how versatile he is you can play him center wing up and down your roster um and uh i hear he's a very coachable player too i mean he sounds like he's just going to get all the ice time he can handle when, when he matures and, and reaches the NHL. Um, another player who, I, who, who looks similar, uh, to me when I watch them is, uh, Rutger McGrady, uh, right winger headed to Michigan. He's, uh, he's got good size. He's got scoring ability as well. Um, good net front presence. um, so some of the areas of opportunity I have for him that have him a little further down my rankings than than Goche are his skating. Um, not that it's a deficiency, but it's it's not a strength to his game necessarily. Um, how do you see uh, Rutgers' game?
1: Well, I've heard the uh, the knock on his skating for two years, and I can okay. tell you he's worked on it. He will continue to work on it, and I don't think the evaluators give these guys enough credit. If they have a deficiency or um, uh, a perceived deficiency, and I'm using air quotes, these guys are going to work on it. Uh, he worked with Barb Underhill, who's a well-renowned skating coach from Canada last summer, pretty much all summer at our rink, all by himself with, uh, with Coach Underhill. Uh, I've seen him score goals on breakaways where he's broken away from defensemen. So I don't think his skating is as bad as people think. But I, I think it's something he's going to work on. He's going to get better at it. The um, thing about rutger McGrady compares himself to the Kachucks, and you can pick either one, Matthew or Brady. I think that's pretty fair comparison. I think he's a little bit more Brady than Matthew, but they're, they're both good comparisons. And uh, I think rutger McGrady is going to come in in time. He's going to be a uh, – somebody was asking me, I, I was having a – conversation with somebody uh, last week. Well, is he an agitator? Is, does he get under people's skin? Well, he can do that. It isn't always required. When, when you're on the NTP and you win 44 games and you're dominating teams in the USHL, sometimes you don't need to agitate. But I think, say, if he were to be picked by the Dallas Stars and he gets into a situation where he has to agitate or maybe even drop the gloves, he will do whatever is required he will do it with a smile on his face. Not unlike Brady Kachuk. I think that's a really good comparison. Um, I think he's going to continue to work on skating. His skill game, especially from the hash marks in, is pretty effective. And he's going to find a way to score goals. He's going to find a way to uh, work with other offensive players. And he's going to be perhaps a Jamie type with maybe even a little bit more skill, if I can use the Dallas example. Uh, He's not Tyler Sagan closer to Jamie than, but he compares himself to the Kuchucks. So I hope all your, 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 your viewers and listeners get that. He's yeah, a, he's, he's a, he's a much better skater than giving credit for. And, you know, skating is
0: a skill that you can develop, you know, like not, not having hockey sense is a lot harder to, to develop than something like skating ability. Uh, Luke Robitaille was really criticized when he was a junior player for not being uh, able to skate at the NHL level. And, you know, he got around that. I think he finished pretty much all time first left wing scorer in NHL history until Ovechkin came along. So well,
1: Pete, yeah, what, what, there was a time I worked with Plymouth Whalers. We had a guy by the name of Justin Williams and his draft here. Uh, I talked to Dan Marr, who was working for the Atlanta thrashers at the time. And I wrote a story about Justin Williams. He was our leading scorer. And uh, what Dan Marsh said, he doesn't have the biggest shot, but it ends up in the net. He's not the best skater, but he goes from point A to point B well. He's not the most physical player, but he gets the job done. He put all of that together, pretty effective player. And, uh, you know, we, we know and appreciate the current Justin Williams hat. Uh, Rector mm-hmm. McGuardy is bigger than that. But, again, I think his uh, comparisons to the Kachucks or Miko Rantanen it is very, um, I, I can definitely see that. And I hope the fans that are listening to this see that as well.
0: All right. One more player that kind of fits in this uh, bigger size uh, mold is Jimmy Snuggerood, right winger, heading to the University of Minnesota. I have him inside my first round, um, 21st range down there. He's 6'2", 185 uh again power forward physical hard shot drives the net really well um those are those that's my short analysis um what can you add to that for me
1: well you know the left circle is called uh alexander's ovechkin's office i would say the left circle for the ntdp is snuggie's office because he's got a heck of a shot uh kind of a power play specialist but uh he uh, of, of all these forwards we've talked about, he's probably come the longest in terms of improvement, in terms of skating, in terms of his overall game. Somebody's going to get a really good player in the first round, whether they go eighth, ninth, or 19th, or 20th, or wherever it is. His uh, calling card, a lot like Cutter Goche, is a shot. And uh, that's going to set him apart from a lot of players. But, you know, his father, Dave, was kind of a bottom six guy, kind of a grinder type. Jimmy's kind of taken that and tailored it to his own game as well. So he can kill penalties. He can take a hit. He can give hits. He's often uh, on the F1 4-check. He's the first one in on the 4-check. So you're going to get a well-rounded player leaning more towards offense uh, with Jim Stungaroo.
0: All right. I got about 10 minutes left before my Zoom time's out on me, which is a nice new feature. I'm really
1: loving that. I got a couple yeah, of I, defensemen we, I want to – We like short meetings. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Uh, a couple of defensemen. Uh, I have Lane Hudson and Ryan Chesley uh, as my top ranked defensemen coming off uh, the national team. Uh, so Lane Hudson heading to Boston university, possibly one of the smallest players in the draft, possibly the best defenseman in the draft all at the same time. Uh, he's just got tremendous skill and skating and vision and ability And he's 5'8", 159. So if he could grow a few inches, that would be fantastic. But we already talked about size and how that's not necessarily relevant. Um, I mean, Ryan Ellis is a a small defenseman, uh, but he's not weak. And he's actually a pretty effective hitter. Uh, And he's also a very effective offensive transition defenseman. Um, So uh, what can you tell me about Lane Hudson? And are people sleeping on him? Should he be ranked a lot higher than where I widely see him?
1: Well, he's not going to go top five. Uh, I don't think he's going to go top 15, but he's going to go somewhere late in the first round, somewhere early in the second round. And you get a player in two years of the NTDT was plus 82. And there's only two or three other players in our history that had such a uh, good plus mark, plus minus mark. Um, when he's out there, he can I, I just go to my YouTube uh page, and you'll see several clips of Lane Hudson. There was a, a shift he had against the University of Alaska. Mind you, Lane Hudson is 17. Most of the Nanooks from the University of Alaska 22, 23, 25 years old. He controlled play on one shift in the offensive zone for 45 seconds. That just doesn't happen very often. Um, he's just a dynamic offensive player. I think he's better defensively than given credit for mostly because of his, his IQ and his brain. He's never going to run anybody through the wall and, and land them into the pro shop, okay? He's just not going to do that. He's not equipped to do that. The FTDP, his brother, his younger brother, Cole, is coming to play for us. In fact, uh, a new group is starting today as we're doing this. And, and Cole, uh, uh, Cole Hudson is about the same size as Lane. doesn't mean that, they, that he's not going to grow a little bit, might not grow in, in height very much, but I can see him playing in the NHL at 5'11, 175. There are a number of players, especially defensemen, that play at that level. I think whoever gets this guy is going to let him go to college for two or three years, let him ruminate, let him continue to improve, let him get bigger. They're going to get a guy who's off, uh, an outstanding offensive player. He can run your power play. Um, he can deal with four checkers because of his excellent skating and his uh, ability with a stick. Uh, Lane Hudson is legit, let me tell you. I, I don't care about his size. I mean, yes, it, I, I, I wish Lane Hudson was 6'3", 220, or I wish he was as big as my friend Tom Wilson, but he's not. <laughs> he does so much with what he has. Somebody's going to get him in the first round, it may, and he may not go for a second or third, but if let, – let's just pick a team. I'm going to pick Tampa again. If Tampa has a guy, I mean, Tampa a few years ago acquired Sean Day, an exceptional talent. Sean Day really hasn't done a whole lot in his pro career, but he's still hanging around. This is a better Sean Day. And Lane Hudson was not a, considered an exceptional player uh, with the NTDP. He just fit in with everybody else. Uh, I just think he, he, in my mind, he's, he's the most uh, dynamic defenseman in the draft. Yeah, forget his I think, size,
0: forget his size. Exactly. I think he's got some tremendous upside there and uh, whichever NHL team drafts him or whichever fantasy uh, GMs draft him in their dynasty leagues, you might have to sit on him for a few years, but the, uh, the reward upside is, is there for sure. Um, another defenseman who's been really moving up the draft rankings this season quite nicely, uh, especially late in the season here, is Ryan Chesley, right shot defenseman. He'll be going to the University of Minnesota this year. Uh, so he's got some size, six foot, 200 pounds, maybe not as uh, as offensively uh, dynamic and gifted as Lane Hudson uh, plays a more two-way game, but he's a good skater. He's got good smarts and his draft season is kind of reminding me a little bit of Jake Sanderson's draft season where you know, the knock on Jake Sanderson was he wasn't the most offensive, but he did everything nice. Uh, and he impacted the game very well. And, you know, that's exactly what I'm reading about Ryan Chesley. And his offensive game seems to be developing as the season goes along, much like Jake Sanderson's did. And, and now Jake Sanderson is projecting to be a real impact NHL defenseman in the very near future. Um do you, is, Am I on track with that a little bit, with that analogy, or is that something yeah, that we a, can hope a for? A little
1: bit, but, but you, you have to remember uh, somebody's got to play with Lane Hudson, right, as a defensive uh, partner. That was mm-hmm. Ryan Chesley. So when Lane Hudson is going up the ice, who has to stay back every once in a while? It's Ryan Chesley. I, I've read a lot of stuff about Ryan Chesley. He's a, I'm using air quotes here, a safe pick. And that's almost a negative, to me, that's almost a negative uh, connotation. I know this. Ryan Chesley is probably our our biggest defenseman right now. I know this. Ryan Chesley, in the final minute of a game, when you're holding on to a one-goal lead, he's going to be a guy that a coach is going to rely on and trust. I know this. If you need a power play guy, Ryan Chesley has a big shot. He can play on your power play. I know this. If you need somebody to skate the puck out of your own end and uh, evade four checkers effectively, Ryan Chesley is part of that. When you've got a guy like uh, Lane Hudson, somebody's got to stay back and and, uh, and and take care of the other end of the ice. And Ryan Chesley did that very well. And uh, I think he, I think he really benefited from uh, the coaching of his position coach at that time, Nick Four. Nick Four really helped him. But saying it's a safe pick, meaning the guy might play in the NHL for ten years once he gets there, or maybe even longer. He's going to be an excellent player. After college and then in the NHL. I mean, uh, you know, I mean, uh, again, Hudson and uh, Chesley were probably our number one pairing uh, for the U18s this year, and they were both very good in their own way. I got more
0: players I want to talk to you about, but I'm running out of time here. Pete, you mentioned your YouTube channel a couple of times. Please uh, tell my listeners where they can find that.
1: Well, it's on YouTube. Just type in my name, you'll find it. There's uh, uh, a lot of. uh, Sometimes it's it's easier if I can just put it on YouTube if it's a clip or two or a condensed game. Uh, I've got all kinds of stuff. I've got I, I call a college basketball. I got a little bit of that. but Mostly it's the national team development pro- program. Uh, just clips and uh, highlights and uh, just go to it. You'll like it. A lot of people. The Lane Hudson clip I told you about that uh, lasted 45 seconds. That's got over 8,000 views. And that's not all Lane Hudson's uh, parents and brother uh, (laughs) pulling that up. I I think it's a lot of people. If you go and see that, you'll be impressed with Lane Hudson. But just uh, I'm on YouTube. It's just something I I just started a couple of years ago, and uh, I just had a little fun with it.
0: Well, that's, uh, if you want to look it up, uh, it's Pete Krupsky, K-R-U-P-S-K-Y. I'll link it in my show notes and follow him on Twitter. His Twitter handle is, is just as simple, at Pete Krupsky. He's the voice of the National Team Development Program. And Pete, thank you so much for uh, joining me on this podcast. Uh, I really appreciate it.
1: One, one other plug, if I want to talk about YouTube, the National Team Development Program also has a much more, a bigger YouTube channel got game highlights and all kinds of stuff going back a long long time fans want to see that they can go thanks so much pete okay thank you